Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today I am here to talk to uh, a cousin of mine. His name is Greg Humphrey. Greg hails from Wisconsin, um, and he comes from a very big part of my family. My dad is one of 13 siblings. Uh, my my grandparents were devoted Catholics, and they did exactly what the Pope commanded Catholics to do. Um, and they were faithful to doing their Catholic duty, uh, apparently pretty frequently. <laughs> uh, so they multiplied and filled the earth. And as a result, Greg and I are here to talk about uh, life and the happenings of everything, uh, especially in light of the coronavirus. Um, on today's show, Greg and I are going to talk about the coronavirus, how it is impacting his life. Uh, especially in regard to the economy. Like I said, Greg lives in Wisconsin, um, where he is currently, a, as of the recording of the show on March 29th, a uh, machinist, uh, as well as moonlighting as a pizza delivery guy on the side. Greg, welcome to the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Good to hear from you and see you. Yeah. And uh, for the record, for anybody knows, like our family is so big and extensive. Like I, I'm friends with Greg on Facebook, and we have been for a little while now, not too long, but a little while. And because I have like dozens and dozens of cousins, and I've never actually uh, met Greg that I know of. Maybe once as little kids at a funeral, um, but that's about the only time we can think we may have met. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty yeah. cool that technology I- brings us together like this. Right, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I vaguely remember going to any family reunions on the Humphrey side. All right. Um, they are uh, legendary from what I hear. <laughs> right. Yeah, my mom tells stories about them all the time. Right. Like, I talked to your dad a few times, too. He tells stories. Oh, I'm sure we could get a couple police reports to tell stories. No. <laughs> that, that may or may not be true. Um, <laughs> so, Greg, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, like, like you've mentioned, I am Wisconsin, uh, local. I am born and raised Wisconsin, Kenosha. And, uh, my dad, Pete, he was part of the Humphrey clan. He was one of those 13, uh, kids that part of that big family. Uh, he died when I was very young. I think I was like three months old at the time. Mm. My, my mom is still kind of sketchy on the details i i don't really exactly know what happened with him i think i think it was a car accident yeah and uh, so i never really knew him or met him i know stories of him and growing up i you know the the guy the man that was my father at the time is my dad now like my mom and him got married right but he was more of a of a, a living boyfriend at the time but um right now I am a CNC machinist. Uh, I've been doing that for about five, four or five years now. I went through like a training boot camp that was uh, really hard to get into. That was uh, paid for by uh, a foundation, SC Johnson, and the application to get into that was crazy. Um, I was one of twelve applicants that, <laughs> out of like two hundred fifty that they selected. So. Yeah. I, I'm very grateful to God for that right now. Yeah, it's, but yeah, I'm a pizza delivery driver too. I've been doing that for about a year and 
a few months now, uh, just on the side to compensate for for extra money. And uh, it's funny that I mentioned that because last night I actually just woke up like an hour ago, so I'm a little yeah. little groggy, a little tired still. <laughs> uh, they close at like three o'clock in the morning. They're oh up wow! Late night for the the special customers and wow, special customers do tell. Yeah. Whether or not they follow the CDC guidelines for social distancing, that remains to be seen. I have had many customers that just show up and at the door, and they do not care about keeping clean or, uh, or especially with their handing off money, hmm. which is one of the most dirtiest things you can handle. <laughs> uh, right. I remember when I worked at Target in college, I was in the cash office and I was responsible for counting all the loot the next day and uh, putting together all the registers. And every day I took my glasses off after I got out and I had to wash them because there was always this film on my glasses from all the money and the dust particles that would fly off the money as I was counting it. Um, right. It was absolutely disgusting. It's a wonder I didn't develop like black lung or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never know where the money's been when it exchanges hands, right. but still grateful for it regardless. Now, is the area in Wisconsin? I'm not familiar with it offhand. I've only been to Wisconsin, I think, twice in my life. Um, is the area you're at pretty rural? Uh, no, there's there's a lot of uh, cityscapes. Um, Madison, obviously, being one of the biggest, right. is the capital. Um, but I live in the Racine, Milwaukee, Kenosha area, so that's like Pretty much the the far southeast corner of okay. Wisconsin, right along the lake there. Pretty much the heart of Wisconsin, uh, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything west or north, anything outside is basically just rolling farmland. So you're right. uh, not off on that. So how is Wisconsin handling the coronavirus? Are you guys under any sort of stay-at-home order, shutdown of non-essential businesses or anything like that? Yeah, over the past couple of weeks, they have issued um, uh, statements to stay at home. They sh- at, I think like the first week or two, they, they shut down some non-essential businesses. And then just recently, they ordered a stay-at-home uh decree and currently i am uh deemed essential as a worker okay so not just in the food service in pizza delivering but also in my scene my job as a cnc machinist at case tractor because they deal directly with the agricultural side Hmm. so they're offhand considered essential but the the funny thing about that is, is that I recently just got laid off for two weeks. Oh wow! So not essential enough to keep me on uh, for a wow. while. Now I, is that the, that's off, at the that's um, at the machine job, right? Yeah, the machine job. That that was actually talked about months in advance. So hmm. come like right after uh, the Christmas shutdown that we had, we were off for a couple like a week or two for that, and come back into work like January and they're like, Oh, there's talk about another layoff. And so this was mm-hmm. like, this was kind of the, the deal. So it's not really a surprise, but, um, probably <laughs> heavy handed with the coronavirus, 
um, for the decision and making that happen right now. So right. interesting. I would think with the coronavirus and you know the d- sudden demand for food and farm, you know, I would think that the you know working on farm equipment, making farming equipment, that would almost be kind of high demand. Is there any reason? Do you understand why the coronavirus might have all of a sudden caused them to, you know, maybe not be in such demand? I think it's just because within manufacturing itself because people are in such close proximity you know like and we're all breathing the same air we're Mm -hmm. all in the same lunchrooms using the same bathrooms you know i I think like that in and of itself with people being in such close quarters like i'm spaced out between like my the person i work with and my my machining cell at the plant but i mean like we all use the same facilities we're all going through the same gates so right. there's there's more risk of contamination and contraction that way as far as i know nobody at the plant uh has tested positive for the virus mm-hmm. um i have not yet been tested i, I probably should considering that i am doing deli- pizza delivering on the side right so there's there's more risk in that actually than in my machining job and um they've actually implemented a lot of good policies they're very stringent on hand washing and social and social distancing mm-hmm. um they've even in the lunchroom they've laid out yellow tape for people to stand behind at certain distances oh, so wow. that when people get their lunches everyone's at a specific space behind each other Interesting. um but yeah aside from that we're all still coming going into work I and mean, there's still tractors that have to be built right um there's still food that has to be delivered for my delivery job. So I, I, as, as concerned as I am about getting the virus, I am very thankful and grateful that I have work to do. Right. Um, I couldn't imagine like, and I, I feel for the people that have suddenly lost their jobs or like they have to stay home involuntarily or voluntarily because of that risk. Right. Um, you know, like, I can't imagine like having your whole financial world like swept out from underneath you, just pulled out like a rug, and right. and you're wondering what you're gonna do to to support yourself or survive if you can't like like your your current job field is like it's not allowing you to work. Right. Yeah, they um, I like like my father-in-law, the business he works at, there it's like a family fun center. Well, guess what. <laughs> You know, they, they completely shut down and they've completely laid everybody off, including him. And he was like the chief operations officer of this, you know, family fun center sports complex sort of place. And they had to lay off like 250 employees just out of the right. blue. Um, and they have no idea when they're going to reopen. Um, if, if they reopen at all. Right. And I even mean, if I, they did, I, it, you know, it could be slow. I, yeah. I, I know there's going to be a lot of small, small businesses that, they're not going to be able to function the same way that they were in the past because of this. Like some might not even make it out. They might not even open back up again. Right. Now to clarify for your uh, machinist job is you said it was, it's a two week layoff or they're laying you off in two weeks. It's a two week layoff. So that starts on Monday. I actually got the notice Wednesday. Okay. Of this week. Do you know if you'll be able to claim unemployment or anything uh, during this time or if they're going to even, are they going to pay you while you're off? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll qualify for unemployment. Okay. And they did you offer sub pay for those that qualify as well? Okay. Um. So I'm not like in that aspect. I'm not too 
terribly concerned, but it is a concern. Right. They no layoff is fun. Right. Because I mean, they they honestly they could call you back at any time, but they could also say like, "Hey, we don't need you anymore." Like right. that. That's a call that I dread. Mm. Have you Have you ever been laid off before? Mm, they They've had planned layoffs in the past. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but nothing serious where I have to look for another job or right. my job is up in the air and I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, I work in the mortgage industry and uh, in the first six months of me being married, I got laid off from work. Oh, um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, like, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm looking like a real winner here, aren't I, hum- you know, honey? Like, you know, my father-in-law looks at me like, hey, I can still take her back, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I think you threw away the receipt, so there's no refunds. Right, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and of course, being in mortgage, it's very, it can be a little subjective, you know, when it comes to employment because, you know, they need a mortgage underwriters when the economy is good. And they still need them when it's bad because people are always moving and getting mortgages. But um, it's very, you know, the, the demand for mortgage underwriters becomes uh, a lot less during those times. And so like, you know, I'm starting to get a little concerned because the economy is starting to falter and I know the loans are starting to dry up and part of me is like, yeah. hmm, you know, what's going to happen here? Right. Um, that's how that went for me. So, um, so, well, that's good to know that, um, you know, your layoff sounds like it's going to be temporary and has been somewhat um, affected by the you know, maybe just the general trend that the economy was ha- going in that area, but possibly, you know, uh, set on fire. The virus or, didn't help. Right, obviously. the virus didn't help. Um, but now, I think where your story is of particular interest, you're talking about, you know, being pizza delivery guy. How does that, why, why are you a pizza delivery guy on the side, and how is that impacting you personally? Um, I was forced against my will. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, um, <laughs> I, I, I did it to make some extra cash. Um, I, I've done food service in the past and, mm-hmm. and pizza delivering seemed like an easy way to make extra money. And I, I roughly think about, I, I only work like maybe one night a week. Okay. So, but I don't know. I just, I, st- I did it. I started like 2018 New Year's Eve. That was like the, since I've been working there, it's been like the hardest day that I've ever been just trying to figure out what to do with my job. And, and, uh, I basically went on like two or three, uh, training rides mm-hmm. and they, they <laughs> threw a topper on my car and they said, <laughs> all right, get to work. <laughs> like, and we've got like 20 orders to fill. We got to right. go. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. I, and, um, all oh, that night was just crazy. And, at the end of the night, I think it was like 7.30 in the morning when I finally got out of that place. And my manager looked at me and he said, please don't leave. It's not going to be as crazy as this. <laughs> I promise you. And I believed him and I'm still there wow. <laughs> every Saturday or Sunday. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, well, I mean, I honestly don't think like that's as the stigma of being a pizza delivery driver is, mm-hmm. it's not a very difficult job. I mean, yeah, you got to interact with people and, and right. people can be all kinds of things, but right. you know, in general, it, people are always happy to see you bring food. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that, um, because I've never had a bad experience 
with that. And, and my town, Racine, it has some rough areas. I deliver to those rough areas. I've never had a problem. Like I said, people are always happy to see me. They're always grateful and thankful. Right. And um, I generally think I'm pretty safe doing it. And the people that I work with, I love working with them. I, you know, like we're a pretty motley crew, so we get along pretty right. well. And we're able to handle the stress of customer service and food prep and stuff, you know, in a healthy way. Right. And um, I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me that that's just what I do every Saturday night, 5, 5 p.m. to 3 in the morning. <laughs> Man, that's that's pretty late for pizza. Like, gosh, 3 a.m. Yeah, it, and it's because there's all kinds of people that are up at those hours that <laughs> want pizza, that want soda, chicken wings. And right. All like, and I think like Domino's, Pizza Hut, they, all, they close at like 1 o'clock, 1.30. Yeah, still I was supposed to say I worked at... On, I worked at Domino's in high school, and uh, I, I wasn't a pizza delivery guy. I worked in the store as a cook and taking the orders. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Saturday nights we were up, like, I think they officially closed at midnight or something, but, you know, it wasn't an official. It was kind of like, you know, a soft close sort of deal. Like, they sort of closed, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, as long as orders were coming in, they were taking them. Like, um, right. sort, sort of deal. But, uh I, I never stayed around that long. Like they usually cut me at like seven, eight o'clock. Uh, but yeah, I imagine people are always happy to see the pizza. I know I'm always happy when the pizza guy comes to my door. I'm like, man, pizza guy's here. Like, so how is the coronavirus? Are you? Do you work for a larger chain or is it a regional chain or is it just small mom and pop? Uh, it's it's regional for the most part. It's uh, Topper's Pizza. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they have. I I don't think that's a, no, a southern not, thing. No, no, I'm not familiar with them. Um. It's Cal style pizza. That's what they say that it is. Hmm. And um, how it's affecting us is obviously, you know, like with touching money, like that's, like I said, that's like the biggest um, issue with handling right. other people's cash. We try to limit it as much as possible. We try to limit contact with the customer. Um, currently, we have like a no contact policy where we, we're all wearing gloves, we're all sanitizing. The, the store inside is um, sanitized like pretty much every every hour or so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> every single surface. We don't let people come in. So that there's just a car curbside delivery um, for those customers. But for me, um, every time I go out, I'm always wearing my gloves before I handle the food. And we're calling ahead of time to let them know, hey, okay, you want us to drop the food off here? Right. You want... Us, you, you want to meet at the door, you know, like we, we rather not, but if you, if you prefer, um, which made things interesting last night because we just had a huge, uh, rainstorm mm. roll through Wisconsin. So all night last night it was wet and raining. Oh man. And, um, so couldn't necessarily leave <clears throat> food on all like out and about in a lot of different places. Cause <laughs> right. Hey, they had no overhang. They had no right. you know, wind or rain protection. And so a lot of those customers were like, I don't want my food getting soggy. Just, just let me take it out the door. I'm like, right. okay, all right, fine. That's fine. <laughs> right. Um, and coming back from the store, wash, take off my gloves, wash my hands right away. Um, the drivers at my, at my job, we also do the dishes. So our hands are always right. getting clean. <laughs> <washing> dishes, Regardless. <laughs> 
but um yeah like we're we're doing everything we can to protect um to protect ourselves but especially the customers like like we don't want like we don't want this thing to spread. We're we're trying to stay open, and Good. I'm trying to keep working. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about the rain aspect of things. Like, I I, I mean, I guess I should have because I had uh, we had Chick Fil A around here. I don't know about where you guys are, but Chick Fil A started. Oh, yeah. One of my first jobs was at Chick Fil A. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had a little hole in the wall wow. shop at the mall. Now, do, do you still say my pleasure when you talk to people? <laughs> not with like the southern sl- southern <laughs> slang but <laughs> yeah like we had some uh uh chick-fil-a delivery come to our house the other day for lunch and the uh the chick-fil-a delivery driver was actually with chick-fil-a and she said my pleasure when she handed us the food but i never i never thought about it because they do the safe delivery thing where they'll leave it on your porch if you want it but i never thought about it in terms of the rain and, and all that sort of stuff so I was like, huh, that may prove problematic uh, as time goes by. Right. But so how is, with, with that, uh, you know, being in a very customer-facing um, job and stuff, do you feel your personal health um, is somewhat at risk? And do you feel, how do you feel about that with, when it comes to interacting with friends and family? How is that impacting you in that regard? I'm definitely at risk, obviously, because, you know, you don't know the person if they like, I don't want to put out like a, a stigma about it or anything like right. that. Cause like, you know, like you, you don't know people's stories or what they're going through. Right. Um, but that, that is a serious consideration. Um, so that's why we have the, the measures that we have in place to protect ourselves. Right. And, um, and like, like I was saying earlier, not everybody like personally follows those. And, and so that kind of adds to the stress of things like, mm. Um, there was a couple the other night that invited me into their house because they wanted me to stay out of the rain, which was, you know, a month or two prior would have been a, a nice gesture. Right. But now, now it's more of like an invitation to, mm. to possible. <laughs> and, I, and I politely declined and reiterated, Hey, you know, like there's this thing going on and they understood, but you, you know, like, um, but for me, um, the decision to keep doing this um, comes at a cost because currently, um, a, a, last year I, I got divorced. Mm. And um, my, my son lives with my ex and she does her darnest to take care of him mm. and does everything she can to provide for him. And I, I know he's in a, a safe environment and he's... Right. He's well provided for. Um, my, I get visits with him on the weekends when I can. Um, currently, I'm not able to see him because I am at a high risk of contraction, and oh man, I don't want them um, to get this if if that right. ever happens to be. Wow. Uh, we we talked about it in length um, at one point, like a week or two ago, and. We just said that, hey, if I'm like, I'm, she's more than happy for me to be working. Right. Um, thankfully, like she can work at home. So it's not mm. aside from her, her, her clients that she has. She's like a, a guardian for people with mental and developmental disabilities. Okay. Um, some of them are older. A lot of them live in homes. So there's a lot of cause of concern for that. Right. But at least she can work from home for the most part. 
Okay. And they're they're and my son is home and he he um he's on the autistic spectrum and he can get he's he was going to like a therapy school mm-hmm. um prior but he can get in home therapies now. Yeah. Uh, so for the most part, aside from not being able to go out and do stuff, their lives are inter- wholly uninterrupted. Yeah. But because of my contact with people uh, through my jobs, like even my case, my case tractor work as CNC machinist, you know, there's still the chance of right. somebody being sick and, you know, like, you know, the, the case, the chance of getting um, infected that way. Um, thankfully, like I said, nobody at case has tested positive. There's right. no um, word of that. Um, currently, there's no word of that through my my work at uh, toppers my delivery job but yeah like as long as i'm handling money interacting with people on the outside um I, it's just not safe for me to hmm. to go and see him and that sucks because <laughs> i i don't get to see him very often during the week wow. uh prior because of his uh therapy he goes to like a like i said he goes to like a therapy school mm-hmm. and and that's uh a typical school hour type of day, which is nice. Um, but I worked a second shift and I'm usually sleeping in the morning and I don't get to see him very often aside from the weekends. Hmm. Uh, we've, we've, uh, um, done some FaceTiming on the side. Okay. Every, every day, every other day to kind of help with that. Right. It's, it's, it's nice to see them that way. But yeah, I can't like, um, even like the weeks prior to, um, Things getting serious here in Wisconsin. Um, a lot of uh, places were shutting down or talking about closing sure. down. And there's a place in in Milwaukee, just west of Milwaukee, um, where we would take him every weekend to kind of just to get him out. It's um, it's like a sensory kind of gym place for people on spectrum to have mental developmental disabilities just kind of be there that's just for them it's a, a nice relaxing um entertaining place they've got like a quiet room so there's a lot of different things for it, for him to interact with and just kind of be himself there and we haven't gone in the past two three weeks because of this whole thing and um that's usually what I was doing with him just to kind of get him out of the house and spend time with them and play with them. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's been shut down for indefinitely for now until like things get better. Like I, I, I hope and pray I don't get infected. Right. The, what sucks is the, the time that the, um, it takes for any symptoms to show up Hmm. and, how closely they resemble other uh, infectious illnesses. Like, like my son was going through, he had like a cold. And um, so there's a lot of that. And then there's the general, like, this is flu season on top of that. So you could get a lot of false positives for, for flu or the virus itself. But um, thankfully testing is starting to ramp up. I haven't been tested yet. I'm, considering getting tested mm-hmm. um, but i don't know if they would accept me because i'm also hearing that they're rejecting people that right. get tested because they don't have if you don't have specific... symptoms they may not let you get tested right exactly and i i understand you know they want to keep those 
those limited testing supplies for people that actually, right. you know, have obvious signs. So it's it's a little it's scary. It's 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 disappointing, but I I I'm doing it because I need to work and I'm, I understand they I want them to be healthy and happy. And right. Now I how, want them to how, be to continue to be to be safe, not having me come in and and right. mess that up just because I need to work. How old is your son? He's seven years old. Oh wow. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the he's got the easiest birthday to remember, 12 12 12. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he could have been born at noon. And, uh, <laughs> but he was in, he was already a few days late and he was assisting on getting out that day, so <laughs> you would have been uh having some math nerd stuff going on there with with that if that would have happened. <laughs> right. And there's certainly heavy-handedness to name him Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Wow. He would have been the first Aaron Rodgers Humphrey. I think. Oh man, that that wouldn't have been controversial at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, was this a mutual decision that you and your ex-wife just both came to, or was this, you know, something you decided or she decided, or was this somehow mediated by the courts at all? No, this was something that we both talked about. Okay. We're still in good communication. Okay, um, we collaborate. Anything that has to do with my son's care, we collaborate good. on that, and. Um, so it was really nice to be able to talk about that and share our concerns uh, concerning that. I totally understand. Um, it it still pains me that I can't like right. see them and I can't be there physically, especially because with her work and with the fact that he's there all day every day and she has to be there all day every day. Um, her workload and her stress is really high. And I wish I, I, in the past I, I've come over, I've helped out. I've watched him while she did work or got some extra sleep. He is a very early riser in the morning. Hmm. <laughs> and so um, she has that to deal with too. And even though like we're, separate and you know we're we've we've cut ties and in our relationship that way i still want to help out because i understand how difficult it is to take care of him on on he has his own special uh needs and it comes with its own challenges um he he is quite the the active guy (laughs) and um like i said he gets up very early in the mornings and he wakes up. It's it's kind of rough when he wakes up different hours of the night. And mm. it was like that when we were together when I was there. You know, we'd, we'd take turns. Right. Getting him. <laughs> like, that's oh, your turn. That's your turn. It's your turn. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's, um, to her credit, she's doing everything she can to um, take care of him. But, yeah, I I wish I was there right now. All right. I wish I could be there right now to help out because I know how rough it is. And the only thing I can really do is FaceTime to see him. Right. Um, which is interesting. He's he's also nonverbal, so he doesn't mm. really talk or really – you can't really hold a conversation with him. Or Does he like, seem to understand that you're uh, on – with his spectrum, is he able to understand that you're on the computer and you're talking to him? Do you know? Uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um he, 
I think he sees it more as like a, a YouTube video or something. Mm. Um, and when we are FaceTiming, he'll make his camera screen larger <laughs> so, he can, so he can see himself. Right. Like, oh, hey, yeah, like, all right, let me just uh, minimize you and put you over in the corner. There you go. There's the guy I want to see me. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think he, he understands. Um, we've done it a few times and I always say, Hey, Lem, how's it going? Uh, his name's Lemuel. We call him Lem for short. Hmm. Um, wave. He waves back. Um, but it, yeah, um, it's yeah, it's it, I I just hope that this blows over right. eventually, so I can see him again and be able to be more help. Um, I have been dropping off supplies for them. I'll, okay. I'll go just to minimize her having to go out, getting them some groceries here and there and stuff. But aside from yeah, from visiting, I can't step foot in the house right have you thought about like trying to arrange something just like where you're in the backyard together maybe where you still keep your i don't know what kind of you know living arrangement she has maybe she, uh, she lives in an apartment but have you thought about meeting in some sort of public space or in their yard or something where you could at least you know physically see each other eye to eye or anything like that even if you keep your physical distance no i we haven't talked about that that might be something to consider right but um i I think it's it's still safer right. if I do stay away. I mean, he he is a very physically right um, interactive kid, <laughs> and uh, he might would have he, a hard time being able to see you but not touch you. Right, hmm. right, and seeing me uh, usually because we do a certain thing, we have a certain routine. He might get the the right. wrong idea that hey we're right. gonna go do this thing but we can't so there's there's stress and things to to right. deal with that um, Spe- in, especially in, since he probably wouldn't understand that there's a you know deadly virus overcoming the world and no he 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 has a very blissful right. unaffect, mostly unaffected life and you know mm. like he he's still one of the happiest guys I know. It, it, it's something about the physical distancing part because I know uh, my wife, some of her girlfriends were sharing something on Facebook yesterday of like, we should all meet in the Target parking lot and open up the trunks of our car and we could all sit there in our like with the the back of our cars popped open or the side of our minivans popped open and we could all sit there and have coffee together and tar- talk in the target parking lot. <laughs> like they, like, they stole that but, idea from, <laughs> Oh, what's that? That Wisconsin comedian's name. He had like a, he did a video where he was, he started like a, um, a husband's target group where oh, all the yeah. wives would be shopping inside yeah. Target and they'd be hanging out and tailgating in the back, <laughs> in the back of their trucks. And, yeah. And I, then they'd have kids in one vehicle and they'd have one guy watch them. I, I saw that video. That was hilarious. Yeah. 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 I was like, I, I, I told my wife, I was like, um, we have a fire pit in the backyard. You guys could always just get the lawn chairs out and meet around the fire right. pit. Like, you don't have to go meet at the Target parking lot. As much as I know you guys would love to do that, you know. Um, <laughs> wow. So man, that's a real challenging, um, thing, you know, and I think that's, you know, something that maybe some people, I think, and why stories like yours are so great for these times. And I think need to be told and other people need to hear is because 
we think about you know the biological aspect of this virus we think about the economic aspect of this virus but you know the thing that's intriguing me about all this is the human side of this virus that you know like i have a grandmother that's in a nursing home we can't mm -hmm. go see her uh same with my <clears throat> wife um my parents they're in their uh mid late 60s and um my uh, younger brother Adam, he works as a firefighter and EMT employee. Well, guess what? Even though he's just like 20 minutes down the road from them or whatever, he can't go see them because they considered themselves high risk, not only because of their age, because my dad has had some underlying health uh, conditions in the last couple of years. And so, right. you know, and or even just like things like, you know, being at church or or just girlfriends getting together. Not, not that I know anything about girlfriends getting together. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, th things like that. Like, I think there's a very real human side of this that, you know, we, we think about. But we, like, and to some degree, we can feel like we can probably cope with it because we have Facebook. We can do right. live chats. You know, we can do meetings at work with you know, Zoom and things like that and, and still sort of see each other. Um, yeah, then, imagine this 30 years ago. Right. Yeah, I, I've thought about that. Like, how did they deal with this back in 1918 with the, the, the flu and everything, the Spanish flu that went around and killed so many people? Like, uh, my dad was telling us that uh, his grandfather and another cousin, I think it was, died of the Spanish flu. Uh, back mm. in 1918. Um, wow. So, you know, and that makes him very alarmed because he's like, wow, you know, I know the Spanish flu isn't the coronavirus, but, you know, that makes him alarmed because he's in his late 60s and, you know, a mysterious virus sweeping the world. And so that makes him a little concerned that, oh, man, I don't want to die like Grandpa Humphrey died. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Like, the certainly the human side is hurting deeply right. because of this. Um, all the things that we take for granted, that we took for granted like three months ago, have just been taken out from underneath us. And you know what a what a time we live in that we can you and I can Skype right. and have this conversation, not regardless of like the distance that we we already had prior. Right. Um. Like if I was your next door neighbor. And, you know, we wouldn't be able to, some communities, like, they're not even allowed to, to see uh, people right. in, like, in that situation. Like, you can't, like, even travel to see family or relatives. Right. Um, but with with the internet, with social media, you know, the good and bad, the, like, I can't imagine us getting through this, like, <laughs> It sounds stupid, but with getting through this without without all of this right. connectivity, but like you know, for for me, like definitely, I'm affected because I can't see my son because right. I want to keep them safe. Like even my my parents, they're older and they're actually like they're moving out of their house mm. and they need people to help them move. Mm. And you know, the this the. the 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 rough thing about this is that it affects people the virus affects people that have secondary conditions even greater so like my i know my dad he has some health issues um you know like my son he's he's fighting a cold 
in, in, even something as simple as that can make you more susceptible to the virus, you know, having a compromised immune system. Right. Um, so like, and with my parents being as old as they are, like, I don't want to get them infected or, or have the possibility of contracting. Right. Or giving them anything if I'm in constant contact with people in my delivery job. Right. So like, yeah, it, we can still talk and we can still Facebook each other and stuff, but there's there's something to be said about human interaction that right. I I think like has definitely been taken for granted. And I and I think like this this crisis is gonna exemplify that, and maybe people will come to a realization like how important and how um, awesome that is to right. have that, that face to face human interaction. Yeah. I think the, like even just the thought of, you know, touch like man, like are we going to be all touchy feely after this is all <laughs> over? <laughs> are we all going to be huggers or are we all still going to be hugging groups? Right. Yeah. Like we're going to be we'll like Danny Tanner where you come and hug all your friends. Right. <laughs> Drinks provided. Right. <laughs> We're going to have cuddle sessions. <laughs> they'll, they'll make multi-people snuggies. <laughs> that would be awesome. they already have like, partner snuggies. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, that, that... I, maybe the Tiger King guy can uh, get in on that. <laughs> or do you have any roommates or do you live by yourself? I do have a roommate. Okay. Um, that has helped with financially, obviously. Right. Um, mutually beneficial for both of us. Right. Um, it, it, it was nice that, you know, he came along during my divorce and, you know, offered, Hey, come like, we'll roll room together. Right. You know? he, so he understands the situation that I was going through. Um, but yeah, like we both work in industries where, yeah, we, I, he's a forklift driver. Okay. So like, he's still like, you know, not much physical contact when you're sitting on a forklift and drive around usually people avoid you when they right. see you coming on a forklift you know um but yeah there's still that a chance that you know that he could possibly get it you know we, we still we still gotta get groceries we still gotta get gas right you know like like that's the other thing you know like start wearing your plastic your gloves or plastic gloves when you're pumping gas you right. know how many dirty hands have touched that or, <laughs> Touching the keypads on those things and right, I had to get some cash from the ATM the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, <laughs> am I gonna die getting money from the ATM machine?" Like, right? Yeah, bring your own little UV light, right. <laughs> <laughs> blast the germs with it. <laughs> oh man, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, that's good though, at least because I was, I was thinking about it because I wasn't sure if you had a roommate or something, but I was like, "Man, that would be especially hard if you are a single individual." Um, and you don't have a roommate or anything and you live, you know, you're working two jobs, you're going to be kind of isolated from, I mean, you'd yeah. see people at work, but, uh, you know, coming home to empty houses is, is a tough thing, especially if we're all having to be extremely isolated. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't get married till I was 31, so I was, I was single good chunk of my life. Um, and, uh, I didn't have any roommates, so I, I definitely know how hard it can be to be on your own for prolonged periods of time. But like I was, you know, still always managing to find something to do. And I was very highly involved in church and, and, uh, had a lot of, you know, friends and stuff. So I, I, I could get out, you know, pretty much anytime I wanted to. Um, yeah. and I, I lived in a 
pretty densely suburban sort of area. And so like, you know, I, I could walk a mile and be at, you know, a big shopping center with pizza and bars and, you know, all sorts of shopping stuff. So uh, it wasn't a huge deal, but uh, I, I feel for the folks who are increasingly isolated because of things like this. Um, yeah, you know, they like exist. they're out there. All right, you know, like, like, like my parents, they're all, they're very isolated, and or I think of folks at nursing homes, like my <laughs> wife's uh, my wife's grandmother, the nursing home that they're at, they won't even allow the people in the nursing home to interact with each other. Um, so she is in her fourteen by fourteen room all day, every day, and the only person she sees is the person who brings her food every day. Um, right. And I'm like, man, that's like solitary confinement. Like <laughs> there are people in prison who have better social relations right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned, uh, being the, living the bachelor life. Right. I, uh, I, I think the first, the first time I moved out, I, I roomed with uh, a couple of friends and that didn't last too long. Um, and then I moved out on my own and, yeah, that that is a um, an interesting experience. Um, opening the door and there's nobody there but you. Right. And I had a little downtown Racine on the lakefront, little efficiency apartment. Um, so my living space was very small, and it made the it made the <laughs> the sensation of being alone all that more real because you're in this little space and you got nobody else there that thankfully that didn't last too long. I got married as soon as, uh, a year after that. And, mm. um, but so, but yeah, I understand the, the, the isolation aspect. Um, it, it's tough to be able to, especially now that we can't like go out to, to, to restaurants or venues and right. like, but that's why I say, like, you know, like, thank goodness we have this social networking and this connectivity. Like, even just being able to talk on the phone is means something to us now, I, I think. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe we'll um, text less and talk more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know I've personally called my siblings probably a little bit more in recent uh, last couple of weeks or two just to check up on them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so with the all that's happening in the country, how long, especially knowing like the emotional aspect, the human aspect of this as it relates to, you know, social dynamics and family dynamics and stuff like that, how long do you think we as people will probably tolerate being able to live this way? Like, is there going to be a cracking, like, especially for you with your son, is there going to like... I couldn't. I could not imagine having to to give up my son even voluntarily, knowing it's for his own good, um, for for however long this happens. But do you think there's a cracking point for all of us that we'll just be like, you know, whatever biological risk is at stake here, like I just can't stand this as a way of life, and I have to be around people. At what point do do we say, okay, social unrest and defying government orders? And do you think there's a cracking point or do you think we'll, you know, take this on the chin and just go with it as long as we have to go with it? I think there will be a cracking point. I think we're already seeing cracks now. Um, America as a country, we're not like just based on our values and what we are as a nation. You can't just shut down 
you know, the populace and expect us to, to sit tight and be, be, uh, moderately respectful. <laughs> <in that. laughs> um, I, <laughs> I mean, we did fight hard for our dependence and I, I think we're going to find some wiggle room in these, in these times still. Um, you know, like I, I can imagine like neighbors getting together in their backyards and, interacting with each other that way like even if it's just on the opposite side of the fence like hey neighbor how's it going right. talking like that um thankfully there hasn't been i don't think there has been aside from like heavily populated areas like new york where everyone basically lives in apartments where they're not allowed to be out and about at all right um because of you know, that's just the environment that they're in, but people in suburbia or people out in rural areas, you know, like there, there's a little bit of a more space and grace that comes with that. But yeah, I think like we're all going to find outside of social networking and phone calls, I think we're going to find different ways to interact with each other. I, and I, and I think like, unfortunately there are people that are taking advantage of this sure. and, um, are ruining it for the rest of us in their own way of defying right. um, orders. Like, I I don't know what went through this woman's mind to go through a grocery store and cough and spit right. and desecrate, basically, <laughs> food and supplies that people need. Like, I, like, I heard, like, I don't know the exact details. I've written roughly read the article and saw the news report i just got fuming mad reading right. that um that thirty thousand dollars worth of gross of food just wasted they had to throw everything away you they couldn't have like a little line of employees with masks and rubber gloves to sanitize everything no you had to throw it away right. basically just wasted all that food and stuff yeah. and so yeah i hope that person gets fully prosecuted and punished and i hope that people stop doing stupid stuff like that <laughs> it, it's interesting to see how uh even crises like this where we're all just trying to get through this together how some people can think let's do this this seems like a good idea <laughs> like the like the worst of people comes out during these times not like like conversely the best comes out in these times but also the worst comes out at these times like i can't imagine what went through someone's mind to think like even the girl that was licking the toilet seat in the uh, airplane. Like, why uh, is that a thing? <laughs> why, why are stupid things like that a thing in this day and age? Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I, it'll be those folks that ruin it for the rest of us. And the government will probably have to crack down and actually use force to enforce these policies for a time being. Just because there are the outlying 10% of people who are just, idiots and like nobody's going to tell them nothing Uh, you can't tell me what to do and they have no intention of i'm sorry i thought this was america uh, right like you know they're going to get their tread on me flag don't tread on me flags out and you know and it's like yeah it's like i i i have no idea how long it'll like but i think there's just something in our souls especially as americans that will just ache over this. And I don't know, I personally think, you know, six weeks is probably about the most that the average person is going to be able to tolerate it before 
You know, and I don't know why six weeks. Some, some areas are already halfway through six weeks already. Right. Some areas are already being shut down like two weeks, three weeks prior. Right. You know, like where where are they at right now? Like, right. Like, like I bet you they're all at the breaking point right now. Yeah. It would be interesting if, to see if there's a way that they could measure that, like a barometer out there that told, you know, the because I know when I uh, this this past fall I broke my leg and also <laughs> developed a blood clot as a result. And oh, I, yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I was out of commission for, uh, I was, let's see, I was pretty much rendered to a couch for about six or eight weeks and lucky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. I know. And, I just uh, turn on the Xbox, watch some Netflix. Oh man. There's only, there's only on. so much of it you can do. Um, right. but I mean my desire, like I remember the first time I went to a Starbucks uh, when I was able to actually muster up enough strength to get out and go to a Starbucks around the corner. And like, what? How, I know, like we wanted to go somewhere that, well, we, we picked the Starbucks, one, because it was less than a mile from our house, but two, um, they had really easy access to in an outdoor patio. Um, and I figured it would, like, since I was still learning to walk with crutches and as difficult as that was, um, I yeah. figured, you know, like, I could roll straight out of the car and onto their patio and sit down in the seat without much difficulty. So, <laughs> uh, so we did that. And um, but I remember like sitting on that patio drinking my uh, you know frappuccino or whatever I was having, and just being like, "Wow, I'm outside!" Like um, it was such a big deal just to be outside and somewhere besides my house. Um, yeah. And I can only imagine what that's going to be like in you know four, six, eight weeks, especially as we crave you know human interaction with the people we love the most like you do with your son um like i feel for my ex right now because that's that's her reality right right now you know like she (laughs) like yesterday she took him out for a little car ride around town took him to a car wash Hmm. because he likes to watch watch that Uh. (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i i yeah, like I, I feel for her having to go through that because that's that's her life right now, right. and the fact that there's not enough data out there. Like we're we're just starting to get data in about you know uh, infection rates and and deaths and more like even more information about the virus itself and right. and um, is it is it highly likely to mutate? Is it going to be a seasonal thing? Is it going to be with us? Like we don't know. Right. So like this very well very well be a very extended um thing like i i think like trump saying you know he'd like to be have things open by easter like it'd be lovely have things open by easter it'd be great it'd be perfect time like yeah, yeah right. like yeah like it's today be would be a perfect time right <laughs> today now yeah right. like right this second because right. i i want a milkshake from starbucks right. um <laughs> I, I, I guess that doesn't stop people. There's a line that goes out and along right. um, halfway down the <laughs> through the city for Starbucks <laughs> right. in my town. <laughs> um, but I, I think, like, yeah, we're all going to at one point get fed up with it and say enough's enough. Like, you, we, we respect our government because we elected our government. Right these people work for us. Like we've got to have some kind of collaboration, not compromise right. through this whole thing. Like, like already like concerns about our economy tanking concerns about mom, pop shops going out of business, right. people that 
real life people that have real life issues that are being affected by this. Like there, there's, there is going to be a breaking point and people are going to hopefully react peaceably, hopefully react um, like, Hey, we got to come together and, and discuss this and work this out together. We're all like, we're all in this together. (laughs) Why not be all part of the solution together? You know, like it's not just one person telling the other person what to do. Like, yeah. Like our knowledge about, the dynamics of all these decisions are limited. Obviously, that's why we have these elected officials in place. But I mean, come on, we can't, I can't leave my house right. to to go for a walk, even though I'm hundreds and hundreds of feet away from somebody. You know, like like I can understand like people, like all those morons down in spring break on the beaches, and you know, like still partying, like nothing's going on, but. There, there's some areas where like you can't even go to a public park and you can't sit on the bench. You can't watch the sunset. You can't walk your dog. Mm-hmm. I, I think people are going to get, fed, you know, like where, like how are people going to play Pokemon go? <laughs> there's, you know, like the, there's only so many places to go in your house. <laughs> 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 There's a shiny Gardevoir down but, in City Hall. I can't get to and it. The, the government's going to have to. My gym. The government's going to have to shut that app down. Just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the end is nigh. Um, right. Yeah, I, and you know, I think the biggest thing also with that is the not knowing how long this shutdown is going. Like, if they told us definitely four to six weeks, eight weeks tops. And we'll be cool. back to life I as think normal. People would be like, okay, we, right. we got like a, you know, a cutoff date where we can start like, and to expect what to do. Right. But yeah, just all this not knowing, and that might very well be uh, the cause of the mystery that surrounds this, right. this, uh, this virus, just because we don't know all the details yet. So we can't really say like, hey, we can get out of this state. That that's why I think like having aspirations is a good thing being hopeful like right. i like i i uh, hope is a good thing to quote <laughs> from the shawshank redemption but it's also <laughs> a dangerous thing right it's the I, best I of things like, it's the worst of things yeah, yeah. I, I think like that's going to be the driving force for making some real changes with this right. whole shutdown policy is like hey we want to get out of here we were, we're hopeful that this will end soon right what are we what are you guys going to do about it what, what can we do about it and it, but i think at the same time we're all doing things to mitigate the um infection rate we're all taking do our part to be responsible washing our hands we're all like masks to stop people from coughing and sneezing at each other and you know, we're tipping on credit cards instead of tipping in cash. And mm-hmm. we're all the restaurants are drive through only. And, and, you know, we're not, for the most part, we're respecting not gathering in large, you know, churches are still going on. We're still like that. That's why I think that's so awesome having YouTube and having streaming and having all that stuff so that we can still participate in that and not be like isolated and, um, separated um but yeah i i i would hope someday soon this will all pass and with more information more knowledge we'll be able to better um come up with a a date for that but for now like 
I think I, I respect the government's, my especially my state's decision to shut things down and why they need liquor stores open. I don't know <laughs> why that's an essential business. I They'll mean, never I, shut down in Wisconsin. You know I, that. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, God forbid we forbid people from getting their uh, – their uh, brandy old fashions, <laughs> and uh, what are we gonna what are we gonna marinate our brats in if we don't have right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I've I've joked about Wisconsin from the couple times I've been there. I'm like, you know, I've never seen such a density of bars and cheese shops on the highway as I have when I've been to Wisconsin. Like it seems have like. You, have you been to the Cheese Castle? No. There is that for those of you that don't know, there is a castle dedicated completely to cheese. Oh man. On I-94 in Kenosha County in Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, it is. It, a, they've, they've updated over the years, and now it has a parapet. Now it has a, a makeshift drawbridge. So <laughs> they, they really put into the, the whole <laughs> the whole image of it. Oh. Um, yeah, it, it's a thing. <laughs> wow. Like, that sounds like paradise for my wife. In fact, we, she's a huge cheese person. Her... Uh, her family is originally from Holland, and um, uh, her mom's uh, her mom's an immigrant from Holland, and they're big yeah. into cheese as a result. And I never oh. met anybody, especially here in the South, that had such a love for cheese as when I met my wife. And she sounds like a very sharp person. Oh, 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 oh yeah. She. I'll have to use that <laughs> next time. Um, uh, and but uh, like we like there's a local. Uh, cheese shop here in Charlotte. It's the one of two cheese shops in Charlotte, and we have now a monthly subscription to their Cheese of the Month Club. Um, oh gosh! <laughs> and yeah, like and she, like it was the like one year for Valentine's Day. I got her a cheese basket, um, and like some lady at work was like, "Really, you're getting your wife a a basket full of cheese?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> She's like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm still Not married, fine. folks." Um, I was like, you don't know my wife. Is that, that a spa package? <laughs> right. Um, so, but anyway, I digress. So, okay. Um, well, I think that's really about all we're going to cover for today. I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. But before shutting this all down, is there anything whatsoever that you'd like to tell folks listening to this podcast about your perspective on, on things that maybe we didn't cover already or that you just want to give a shout out for or what have you? Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my family and friends that are going through this that are either are working or are not working are either directly uh, affected by this or indirectly, whether they like me, they're in the food, like food service or in manufacturing where they're in contact with people or not. Um, do what you can to stay safe. Do what you can to, to be self-aware and hygienic and um, be responsible about telling other people if you have symptoms. I, I, I think that's the key prevention. A pound of prevention is an ounce of cure, as they say. Mm. And um, like I'm doing as hard as it is to, to, to isolate myself from my ex and my son just because I know her struggles and I know... Like, I, I love to see my son. Right. I also love to see them happy and healthy. Mm. I also love to see them not having to go to the doctors to get medicine, mm. not having to, to sit home and hack up a lung or deal with this. And um, 
but I think like just like what we're doing right now, like you and I talking, I think that is one of the most important things that we could do is that we can talk to each other and that we can keep up that aspect of human interaction is that our is our our unique communication and that what we take took for granted months prior is now one of our most important uh, aspects that we can keep going is to keep talking to people and and you're stuck at home yeah you have Facebook friends to talk to you've got contacts on your phone to talk to you can FaceTime you can you've got um, social media ex gaming friends to play with um, just whatever you can to stay um, to be interactive and stay social like like don't think like you're alone with this like like talk to people about how you're feeling about things like talk to people you know sh- bounce ideas off each other's heads and just staying in contact that way um, I, I think that's the biggest thing that we can we can do together and um, for those that that do that are religious pray for each other you know hear each other out like i'm always praying for my family praying for my ex and son praying for those that are affected by this like like that that's another way that we can all stay connected and and um is to find people to 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 pray with together you know those that gather in my in the midst together in my name i'm there that's what god says Um, loosely i didn't don't think I quoted that correctly, but um, I'll allow it to pass. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for giving me that. Um, but yeah, like, 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 stay active. Don't be idle. Let, let's try to 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 stay in contact with each other through this time and be an encouragement to each other. You know, like, like whichever way that you can help somebody that's affected by this. You know, like just least do do something like i'm i'm still trying to to make sure i'm doing things and being like even my delivery job that that's a service to others who can't like who can't cook or hmm. who can't go out and go grocery shopping to buy food like they can have food delivered to them so like you know thank your pizza delivery driver <laughs> thank them in tangible ways fistfuls of dollars of works for me <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not gonna beg for tips. Right. <laughs> but, Everybody tip Greg well. <laughs> tip tip each other well. You right. know, like 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 thank each other. Go out of your way to do stuff for other people. That right. like that that's all I can say about that. So, awesome, awesome. I, I know I'm kinda of rattling on no, with good. that. Good word. Uh is there any way if uh folks want to reach out to you if they can contact besides ordering a pizza, um, is there a way that they can uh contact you that you'd like to share? People want to contact me. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, you never know. I mean, people might be like, "Hey, like this is Greg. He's got a he's got a deep manly voice. You know, maybe maybe that's going to mean something for somebody, some some lucky lady out there. Who knows? Deep, rustic Wisconsin voice, <laughs> right? He likes cheese. I mean, I don't know. Like, is is there any way you'd like to, or just cheese is very good a good. Yeah, you can um, you can email me at not. Or Skype me, uh, email at uh, therecycledgamer at gmail.com. That's all one word. One word. Um, folks that know me that can call me, call me. Um, or Facebook me, you know, family, friends. You can contact me that way. 
Great. But yeah, you can email me, shoot me an email anytime, talk. Awesome. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Thank you for sharing all that you did. You didn't have to, but you volunteered to. And I'm so thankful to uh, have had your perspective and all of this. Um, for those of you who may be interested in reaching out to me, uh, Jimmy at Jimmy's table.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You can also check out Jimmy's table.com at this, where there will be show notes. I'll also have Greg's email address in case you want to email him or if, if you're a real psychopath and want to Skype with him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a video feed, so I'll spare you that. Detail. Oh, okay. Okay. Good deal. So you just get to hear Greg's awesome voice, which, uh, you know, maybe I'll bring I you some face for radio. Very, I'm in the same boat, brother. Um, you know, especially us Humphreys with these giant heads and double, double chin things, uh, you know, no matter how skinny we get, like our chins still have two of them. Um, right. But you know, that's usually not a problem. We don't usually get too skinny. So, <laughs> <laughs> not not with not with the cheese castle around. I don't get too. Skinny. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, uh, the cheese castle and all the beer you could want in Wisconsin. My goodness. Um, well, thank you again, Greg, for yeah. coming on uh, to the show. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah. Uh, good luck to all you people out there. You know, stay healthy, stay, stay active. Um, yeah, we're we'll get through this. I I know I know things are dark and depressing now, but I, I think we're gonna make it out of this. You know, with some obvious changes, but you know, we'll still be here. I think. Awesome. Air smudge.